Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vincent Zach. And tonight we are talking about the DC 2023 Pride Special. Uh, every year, this book is a highlight of DC's uh, publishing line, and this year it is especially a highlight for us because the first story in the book is written by Grant Morrison. Um, but let's let's run down uh, some of the creators involved here. We'll go story by story in a second. But um, like we mentioned, uh, Grant Morrison writes a story here. We get another piece of the greater um, Dreamer story by Nicole Maines, who has been writing that uh, character since debuting it on Supergirl. We see uh, some folks who kind of do, uh, you know, DC work here and there. Christopher Cantwell, Rex Ogle. Um, the reason I'm, I'm going through this list is I feel like this might be one of the least star-studded ones of these of recent memory. I don't mean that it's always a bad thing. I feel like they usually bring out bigger guns than they did for this uh this batch. Would you guys agree with that? Um yeah, I guess, although although Grant leading it is is That's true. Fairly... Yeah, it doesn't get much bigger than that as far as like names DC could could bring out for this, I think. Yeah. Um, but well, you're right that some some of these others are are you know, yeah. The, in fact, I would say a few of them like we primarily see them in anthologies and nothing else. So that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. Um, well, let's dive right into these then. So the first story is called "Love's Lightning Heart." It's by Grant Morrison and Hayden Sherman. Uh, Zach, why don't you start us off by talking about this one? Uh, well, it's incredible. <laughs> Number one. Um, so i mean just right off the bat like the hayden sherman art is so so good like kind kind of just uh almost no words i think like how how good it is um and the colors as well who who was the colorist on this one uh hold that thought the colorist was oh, marissa louise yeah that makes sense. Um, but it, I don't know. It's just really cool. It's so good to see. Well, number one, it's good to see Morrison back at DC. It's good to see uh, them doing another multiversity story. And uh, I think that they have talked in interviews before. Or so, I I hope I'm not like speaking out of turn here. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they have talked in interviews before about how kind of uh, upset or kind of disappointed they were that Tomasi killed off the, um, who, what is the name of the flash character in this? Is it red racer? I believe so. Yes. Am I making that up? I believe that's correct. I think, yeah, that they killed them off in that, in that multiversity story that they did in, um, Superman in rebirth. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this is them getting to kind of undo that in a really fun and interesting way. So, um, yeah, I have no complaints about this. I I liked it a lot. Vince? Yeah, same. Uh, I echo all of that. There was a little bit of the Homer Simpson watching Twin Peaks where I, I got to the end and I said, uh, this is brilliant. I have absolutely no idea what went on. <laughs> but, um, but no, it was funny and beautiful to look at. And... Um, just like packed with uh, 
uh, lots of ideas as is typical of Morrison and, um, and a really sweet ending. Well, it's to be continued, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it could be the ending as well. Yes. Um, yes. It's interesting that it says to be continued, but <laughs> it is interesting. Um, <laughs> they, and it they, doesn't they, really they... feel like the, it, maybe this is what I, I, I feel like you could read this as like the Morrison, like it's always to be continued, but it, yeah, yeah, it didn't yes. really come across as that to me. Well, what I was going right. to say is like they, they legally have to end at least one story in every anthology with either to be continued or never the end. Uh, and right. so I guess this just got the never the end slot this month. Um, So I, 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 I did not dislike this. However, I do think that this until the last few pages was a little bit too Morrison fart sniffy for me. Um. It was a lot like the Green Lantern stuff in that way, which I guess makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, once we got to the actual villain and the whole being defeated by no nothing, like I liked all of that. Uh, the ending was very sweet, but I just think that sometimes, especially, and this is interesting because you know, go to Patreon.com/slash/TTC3Cast for lots more of our thoughts on Grant Morrison. But um, I feel like when Morrison is doing these short stories, sometimes they try to cram too much in there because they have all these ideas and it just seems like they, they, they can't just like let one of those ideas happen. They have to put all seven of the ideas in there. And so I felt that this was a little bit too much for the first bit of it. But then once we got to the sort of the, the last, you know, art, the last act of it, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Not that I dislike the other parts. It's just that, I thought it was it, it wasn't as emotionally satisfying as I hope a comic will be until that last part. It was it was busy, it was very full. I but I liked how it treated Flashlight's world as like a lived-in world with its own history that you don't know but you get enough of it from what Morrison gives you. Um and again, like, I don't know, I was just so in love with the layouts and, and again, the coloring, just how vibrant it all looks. Um, I wish I really wish no surprises here. I think that it could have been longer, but maybe it will be later. Maybe it will be. Never the end. So who knows? Never the end. Yeah. No, I I think I just want to echo the Hayden Sherman and Marissa Louise love here because this looks absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I think uh, Marissa Louise, every time that we see their work, I just feel like the, the the colors get more and more defined and bold. And there are some really bold colors. It's like there's the, there's the, the panel on the title page where flashlight is flying through this like red liquid or whatever it is. And, uh, the colors just you know pop off the page. It looks really really nice. Mm -hmm. But then there's yeah. also like the pages that are kind of more devoid of color, like monochromatic yes. with the like um, nobody. Um, yeah, that also looks really good. Um, I think that, that that sort of goes hand in hand, right? Like you have to right, right. You have to balance those things out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, a very good way to kick off this anthology for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, any other thoughts on this? Mm. 
No, I don't guess so. I I almost <laughs> I'm telling myself this. I'm I'm having this internal struggle of whether or not this one story alone is worth buying the pride special. I I think just also supporting it alone is is worth it, but I I would almost pay 10 bucks just for this one story, I think. So <laughs> if it wasn't if, if there wasn't the good intention behind supporting the pride special, I would say you're a sicko. But then, instead, <laughs> yeah. I'll say you're a good person. So no, you go. thank you. Uh, next up is And Baby Makes Three, written by Leah Williams, illustrated by Paulina Ganachow. And this is a Harley, Ivy, and Crush story, uh, an unexpected pairing of three characters. Vince, what would you think of this? It was it was cute. You know, there, there's not much to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's very slight by design. And I think, you know, the the um the art like lends itself to that as well it this is the same artist from like the young diana or the uh whatever those whatever whatever yes. those backups were called in the wonder woman stuff and they just lend themselves so well to to this like cute um but you know light and slight and 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 breezy story and i think like in an anthology or as backups I mean, not that I'm not saying the art couldn't like hold its own in a in a in a long form. I'm just saying like it works so well in these little bite sized pieces, you know. Um, uh, so so yeah, I like this one, even though there wasn't much to it. It was just kind of a cute story. Um, and and Crush, we haven't seen Crush in a while, so yeah. What what I like was Crush. the last time their miniseries? I believe so. The, uh, the yeah the Lobo. Lobo the Lobo one yeah yeah that yeah. was good too that was good yeah and this does I, kind of pick up from that sort of yes um, which is is nice we always talk about how we don't see these characters for a while and then they come back and we kind of have to retread ground which this actually does kind of it does a little bit it, it does the same thing that that mini did I guess um but it it's fine you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that. I liked the idea, the 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 um, the scenario of Harley and Ivy as being this like stable relationship for once, because DC's always going to break them up. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see them having this this very sweet romantic, you know, getaway, and acting as sort of you know, uh, good role models for Crush. That all that was very nice and, and well done, mm-hmm. and. uh even if it does kind of redo the, the miniseries uh, slightly. And I, I do like this art quite a bit. I think it's very playful. And it was fun that the art involved stuff like Dinosaur Island because that led to some cool visuals as well. And uh, yeah, this was, this was a good, good story. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next is Hey Stranger by Nadia Shamas and Bruca Jones. Uh, my, my one takeaway from this I want to say before we get into anything else here is that I love how there are certain things that DC has invented an analog for. Like, for instance, there is soda cola, which is like pep- which is like Coca Cola, right? But Letterbox exists in the DC universe, according to this story. <laughs> that so. that bugs the shit out of me when I'm like, like with anything, like movies, TV, whatever. When like sometimes they use the fake brands, and then other times they can say whatever it is. Exactly, and it, it's it's nothing I ever like judge a, a piece of art for but it, it does like you're like well why did you have to make something up for that and then you use the real thing for the other thing and i i just always wonder what the mindset is behind 
all that I, stuff. I wonder if it's just that whoever edited this particular story doesn't know what letterbox is <laughs> and maybe, thought yeah. thought it's maybe just something invented by the writer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They can they can I know they can use company names, you know, but I don't know. I I don't know what goes into deciding whether whether they will or won't, you know. Yeah. Um I also wanted to say that they eat at the end at the R and R diner, which mm-hmm. I like to believe is the double R diner from Twin Peaks. Oh mm-hmm. yes, yes. That's the diner where we had our uh, our famous egg creams. Yes, exactly. When, when, we, were, <laughs> when we were at Comic Con. Yeah. Um, who, who couldn't go for an egg cream right now? Am oh, I, I, I would. Yes, I'd, I'd down one so fast. Um, I'd savor mine. I, I I liked this, even though all it is is two characters sitting around hashing out their differences and and. Uh, you know, seeing each other each other again for the first time, which I feel like, you know, since what rebirth really, there's been just a ton of that in the DCU. Every time somebody comes back, there's got to be like the story about uh, where were you all this time, or why uh, why didn't you come for me, or why didn't I come find you, or whatever. You know, uh-huh. there's that that is a, a a trope that DC likes to to revel in a little bit too often i think but but in an anthology like this where it's highlighting these characters um and their identities i I think it works really well i think i i don't know that i've ever seen bruca jones art before but i think especially for a story like this where it's where it's characters sitting around talking it's it's really appropriate art it's really nice looking art um it's expressive enough without overdoing it sometimes in these stories where it's it's just characters talking there's like too much acting it's overdone yep yep but this doesn't come off as stiff nor as the opposite of that it doesn't come off as as overdone so um i I thought this was really nice uh for a story that probably wouldn't wouldn't find page space outside of an anthology you know and i say that because even um uh shit connor (laughs) even connor says at one point in this uh or tim says where where were you and he's like i haven't been i haven't been anywhere (laughs) which is like kind of a a inside joke or like a like an inside baseball because since connor's come back he's been used in the in the in the uh, lazarus island stuff but Really and, now, and now in Green Arrow too. Well, will be yes. I, I don't know how much we saw him in the first issue. I can't remember, but um, he, he had a fair amount of time. He disappears like he he floats into the ether. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. But nonetheless, the kind of like little fourth wall breaking bit there worked for me, and and yeah, I, I appreciated this. Zach. Yeah, same. I agree. It 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 it's fun. It feels pretty slight. The gag about like them just kind of goofing on Damien was pretty fun, <laughs> I thought. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, on one hand, I feel like these are maybe, and, and maybe this is like, maybe I'm totally off base here. I feel like these are the kind of like interpersonal stories that maybe comics used to do more of, like within their own runs, but now they get relegated more to these kind of anthology stories. And I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, 
or if it's just fine. But I, you know, I'm glad that these stories have a space to exist, even if they are kind of, you know, a little formulaic, a little predictable. So, um, yeah, I guess that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a thought when reading this today, which is that there are some stories in these anthologies that are very much about characters that happen to be queer. And there are other stories that are very much about the queerness of those characters. And I think that this anthology is a nice job of balancing those two types of stories. That This story is very much about both Tim and Connor talking about their coming out and acceptance from others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Whereas other ones like, um, I would say even like the, the, the flashlight story that really is not, I mean, obviously you can't dis you can't discuss the character from their sexuality, but it just, it just feels like that story was, is more about a character that is queer versus a character's queerness. And I thought that this story walked a fine line between like the my, my my problem with some of these stories that and this is not just a a, a pride anthology thing just these these anthologies in general sometimes the story is so slight that you really have to be forgiving to even call it a story right because it's just like a couple of pages of nothing and mm-hmm. this sort of walks that line a little bit where it's like this is just two friends kind of catching up for a minute but it's done well enough and it looks good enough that i that I can forgive it. Um, but th- does that make sense, the kind of stories I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Alright, well, next up is Subspace Transmission, written and illustrated by A.L. Kaplan. And this features... uh. Jess Chambers, the Flash. I forget what what Earth that Flash is from. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we should 90, know this. 90. I mean, it's like Earth Future State. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it? I mean, they say specifically that they're kind of like she. Oh, it's Earth are, Eleven. Are, Earth Eleven. It, thank you. Wait. Originally from the alternate universe, Earth-11, they came to Earth-Prime to warn them of a great conspiracy and decided to remain behind to help with the fallout. Oh, okay. I thought this was the one that was in... This is the one that's in Future State, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize that they were from a different Earth, specifically because this is... They're, like, time-traveling in this issue, too. So, which one is Earth-11? Oh, that's the. That's right. That's right. Because there was that whole big thing about that. This is like the gender bent Earth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Zach, what do you think of the story? Um, it was very talky. Um, again, it was one of those ones where. Like the the Tim and Connor story, it's like two characters just kind of like talking their like 
history and feelings and growth, but it, it, it was kind of, I don't want to say colder, but like I, I got less from it, I guess, because though, you know, these are characters that we know almost nothing about. They're both relatively new creations. Um, so I, I thought it, I thought like there were some really cool ideas in, in the story, but I guess like mostly, mostly it was just like cool seeing these two new characters interacting, I guess. Um, and the art was really good, but I guess I just thought it was kind of okay. Mm -hmm. Vince. Yeah, I, I agree with that, except I really liked the art. I, I love this style. I, I love that again, like it seems like you only get kind of the more like, for lack of a better word, indie or experimental looking art in anthology books. Like, like, I don't know that a monthly book would ever look like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love being able to look at it in these anthology books. So that's a great so, yeah, call. Yeah. I feel the same way that you do Zach about the story, but oh, it, it was so good to look at. Mm -hmm. yeah i'll agree with all that it's beautiful beautiful uh, artwork i think these characters are fun but this is i mean i feel like it's a, it's a joke that it's a still force character and the story dragged but <laughs> yeah uh, it did yeah it did drag a bit yeah yeah um up next anniversary by josh trujulio trujulio and illustrated by don aguilo and uh, this is basically an Apollo Midnighter story, but there are so many fun supporting characters that were introduced here. Yeah. Uh, Queen Lantern, Crime Alley, Brainiac 69, and Mother Vox with three X's. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was that was great. All that stuff was really good. That's by far the best part of this story. Um, the story looked really nice and obviously has a, has a great message, like a lot of these. But this is just like, I feel like every one of these anthologies, there's one story that just comes off as somebody trying very, very hard to make a very, very good point, but not doing it in the most artful way. And this is the, this, this one won the award for that in this anthology for me. Yeah, I think I, I think I agree. Um, it's, yeah, it it's very, I guess, not to sound mean, but like kind of heavy handed in yeah. its in its themes. And I also I I didn't like the art that much. Like I I didn't care for this kind of really, uh, not muddy is not the right word, but just kind of very, uh, not very like defined painterly style. Um, I I didn't care for it that much. Yeah, you know me. We've talked about this sort of style a million times, and I just I don't go for it at mm -hmm. all. Um, yeah, and I agree. I agree it was heavy handed, but I was also just to say something positive about it. I was impressed by how much it went for it. Like, like it doesn't. This is this is one story that doesn't beat around the bush. Um, which I guess if they were all like that. It would it would maybe be weird or it would be I don't know what, but but th this story is very decidedly not beating around the bush about like the hatefulness in the world. And you don't you don't want every story to be about that because that's not this is supposed to be like a celebration, right? 
Um, but then, but to ignore it also feel might feel weird too. So, you know, I think the creative team really goes for that. And I, I applaud that even though I didn't love the story a lot. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they, they take something on that's, that's, you know, going on all over America right now with like protests and bans and all this awful shit that's happening. Um, and yeah, to, I guess to not bring it up at all in any of this would be, I think if a creator wants to take the reins of that and, and, and speak out about it, I think that's a great thing to do. So, so I will say that, but yeah, but yeah, it just not my style of, of visuals at all. And, um, the other thing I would say is I think at first, Midnighter and Apollo are a weird choice for doing like the uh uh how do I want to say it like the like the um I don't know they're they're usually painted as as like this this uh uh edgy you know kind of like dark uh set of characters and then so to put them in this, like, at first I was like, it's kind of weird to make them like public spokespeople because that's kind of what the issue, that's what the story does. Yes. It, but then I thought, actually, because well, at one point Midnighter says, uh, let's show them that love is real, show them that it's powerful. And I at first I'm like, <laughs> that's not like the Midnighter Apollo that I read in like any other story. Sure. Um, to like, but then I thought, well, no, maybe they're actually the perfect characters to show beating back against this sort of thing, like fight it, like taking on the fight of the protesters and all that. So it it, it won me over. But at first I was like, no, this is like the hyper violence couple, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is. <laughs> uh, I, I just I was I was kind of taken aback at first, and then I was like, no, actually, actually, they they won me over. Yeah, I, I, I didn't that. I didn't I didn't love it, but like I you know, yeah. it wasn't terrible either. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. Well, next up is Teamwork Makes the Dream Work by Mildred Lewis, and um, Zach, let's just start us off talking about this one. Um, let's see. This was the, this was the spirit world one, right? Yes. Yes. Um, the most interesting thing I have to say about this is how much it reminded me of the like JH Williams Batwoman run and its layouts and even some of its coloring, mm -hmm. uh, which was very cool. Um, it's weird to see another writer taking on, um, xanth from spirit world so soon after they've been created you know usually you see that uh i feel maybe maybe i'm off base here but i feel like you don't really see new characters being taken on by other writers so soon but um as such is the case here and um i thought it was a fun team up uh, and uh but not not a lot to say outside of you know really enjoying the art I really like the art and I really, I really like this spirit world idea. And I'm hoping 
I mean, right now they're doing a good job of weaving it into the bad stuff a little bit. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm always so hesitant because they, they drop this stuff at the drop of a hat and, and, and you'll never see it again. But I think this is a really interesting addition to like the, um, sort of mysticism side of DC. And I, I, I hope they keep going with it because it's, you know, we always want to like that corner of the DCU. And then we read the stories, we read the justice league dark, we read, uh, what was that wonder woman crossover? Um, Oh, there's no way to know from a few years back, the (laughs) witching hour, you know, we wanted to like all that stuff. And then we read it and it ends up not being our bag or being dry and boring. And I I, th- I think they've got something here that that freshens it up a bit. And I think they're doing a good job of teasing it out. And I just I hope they keep it up because um, I really like reading it, especially in these small doses. Yeah, this is also definitely this type of story I was talking about before, how it's a story about two characters that happen to be queer, not necessarily a story about their queerness. But this also did bring their queerness into it a little bit. And it's one of the, one of the stories that did the best version of telling a story that involved their identities while also telling a story that really had nothing to do with that. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, this, this handled it really well. You got a really good sense, a really sort of complete picture of both of these characters yeah. um, in this story. And the art is just phenomenal. Um and like Vin said, I, I do like seeing um I do like seeing this take place outside of the um outside of spirit world, you know, just, just their own uh th- 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 just another story popping up here and there, and hopefully this stuff does does last. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Oh, I by the way, I, I totally said the wrong name of this and the wrong art. This is Lost and Found by Jeremy Holt and um Andrew uh Drillon. Not not Team Repairs or Dreamwork. That's the next one. Sorry. Um, my apologies. There's a lot of stories in this, folks, and my notes weren't very clear. Uh the next one, Team Repairs or Dreamwork is the um the steel story, the Natasha Iron story mm-hmm. and Nubia. Um, what do we think of this story? Um, I thought that I, I, I really liked the art kind of wacky and cartoony as it was. Um, I thought that was the highlight. The story, it was a lot of banter. It was a lot of banter for me. <laughs> a lot of like back and forth, wacky misunderstandings, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. Um but I, I liked how playful, again, an original and not something you would see in like a monthly DC title, I don't think. Um, and it was it was really refreshing to look at. Um, so I, I enjoyed it on that level. I, I, I don't know if I can even tell you what happened in the story. Uh, a lot, a lot of Natasha, Natasha builds that like basically, basically builds the. Um... What is the X Men thing called? The uh, uh, danger room. The danger room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they fight Bane and yeah. Deathstroke and yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was fun. Yep. 
All right. Uh, next up is The Dance by Rex Ogle and Steven Sadowski. <laughs> next up is The Beefcake Bad Boys by Travis Moore. Uh, that is just <laughs> yeah. a pinup. We're not talking about The Beefcake Bad Boys. You got to talk. But who, who talk are, about So beef- we got to talk. So we got Prometheus here. Prometheus, yep. Um, um, Mala and the Brain. Mala and the Brain. Um, I, who is the guy with the white, with the long white hair? Uh, um, it's Sephiroth, actually. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> um uh yeah i'm not sure who that is or who the one with the red hair is i don't know well if the hiring minds want to know though (laughs) the red hair i at at first i thought um maybe it was a character we're gonna see in the next story but it's not catman no scars to be catman and i i thought it was only because of the gun on his hip, I thought Rick Flag. But then I'm like, well, Rick Flag's not like these are supposed to be queer characters, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rick Flag's not bi, as far as I know. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, so I, no, I, I don't think that's who it is. But I'm I really don't know who it is. Let, uh, I'm gonna you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna do a little research. Okay. Me. Well, the guy with the long white hair oh. looks kind of like the twins from the Matrix sequels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not that's not supposed to be Apollo, is it? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Apollo was 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 definitely styled very differently. Uh, in, yeah, just, in this in this issue. Yeah, uh, but just thinking of like queer characters with long white hair, that's like the only one that I can think of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it all villains too? Is that is that is that the thing? Oh, Mala and the brain. Uh, Mala and the brain are heroes, in my opinion. Uh, oh yeah, Prometheus though. <laughs> I'm I'm oh, I can't. Travis Moore doesn't have a Twitter. I thought. Don't forget, this also isn't out till uh, a week. This doesn't come out till nine days after we're recording this. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but you know, you know, sometimes they'll do like this is my pinup for the blah blah blah. Sure, sure, sure. These are this is who these are the characters, or somebody in the replies will be like, "Hey, that's so and so," and yeah, I can't find anything like that. So anyway, never mind. After beefcake, it's it's very good. It's very good. I will say that. Well, we we do get some more beefcake in the next story, which is the dance, as I mentioned, by Rex Ogle and Steven Sadowski, where Catman the Garth Brooks song, yes, exactly, or the Fleetwood Mac album. Yeah. Um, no, this is where Catman and Ghostmaker fight and then fuck. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This uh this should be a canon relationship. I'm gonna just go <laughs> yes. and put that out there. Yes. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, they're not doing anything else with Catman. Why not? Exactly. And, and just let let Gail Simone write this book. Yes. 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 Oh God. You're I do think it's me pretty... right where I itch, but <laughs> I do think it's pretty amazing that uh, Ghostmaker doesn't take his mask off. Like, oh yeah. But, but it's it's not really. It's just he basically wears a, a sleep mask and uh, um and and it gets away with it. But uh, this is a reference just for Vince. Uh, he pretty much asks Catman, "Should I take off the mask?" And he says, "No." And he says, "Too bad." <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a C Lab twenty twenty one mustache joke yeah. yet again. Yeah, fig nuts. <laughs> oh, I thought it was something else, but I won't. I, I won't say what I thought it was on air. Oh, oh <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we'll talk off air about that. Um, yeah, this story is fine. It, it's it's nice and beefy, and uh, yeah, it's one of the shortest stories I think in the anthology. It's only <laughs> what is Vince laughing about now? 
Well, I guess it's not that short as eight pages. It felt yeah. very short to me, though. I'm thinking of C Lab in my. Uh, <laughs> I, I got to rewatch that. It's about time. It's the best. Um, I also want to say, is, is this? There's two different appearances in that weird painterly Apollo Midnight story, and then also in this Poker Night pinup. Alan Scott has a beard that I don't think he's ever had before. Well, that must be the new status quo. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah. It's it's uh, calling back to all the times <laughs> in history that he had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Well played. And we got our, our, our last full story called My Best Bet. It's a uh, story by Christopher Cantwell and Skylar Patridge. This is a Constantine and John Kent story. And I like this story a lot. I think Cantwell is a good writer. I think Skylar Patridge does really nice work here. And all the characters in this play it perfectly. Like I love it when a writer can get the tone of all the characters correct. And Constantine and Felix Faust would make a stupid bet like this. And to save one of Constantine's friends, John Kent would throw the fight. Just, just a really nice little story. I, I really enjoyed this one. Some of yeah. Those. Yeah, I agree. It, oh, yeah. It, and the art was good, too. Yeah, Patrick does a really nice job here. Yeah, the, the art was great. Um, it was it was extremely playful, really well written, very snappy dialogue, um, which, you know, I everybody tries that for Constantine, but not everybody can get it. And I think I think Cantwell gets it really well. Um, and I also think, Zach, the the the, the kind of curlyish mop top that uh, that Constantine has going here. I think our boy Connell Waldron would make a good <laughs> Constantine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now now you're cooking. Okay. <laughs> I had to get one in just for me and Zach since Brian had a. I, for... I, I had a C Lab joke in there. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> this is this is also I uh, I think two weeks in a row now that we've had good Cantwell DC stories. Yeah, um, yeah. Is what Cantwell, was last week? Is Cantwell going to be a thing at DC? Maybe the it was the Superman one in the Brave and the Bold. Was that last week? Oh yes, I can't yes, even remember. yes. That that whatever that was. Who can yeah. tell? Whatever, whatever that was. Yes. <laughs> That was good, yes. I'm getting camp-pilled. Yeah. Uh was very, very nice to me at New York Comic Con one year. Nice. So Always another, good to hear. Another point in his favor, yeah. Is he the uh, Halton Catch Fire guy? Yes, he is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to see that. My, my I've heard man, that's great. I've heard my great. boy Toby Huss is in that. And Lee Pace. Shit, I got to watch that when Succession ends. That'll be my next thing. <laughs> Yeah, he was at the uh, Dark Horse booth because he w- he did his first uh, creator own thing there, and I forget who was interviewing him, but Scott I was Scott doing- Alley bit him, <laughs> Pro- probably. <laughs> but I-, I was I was operating the camera for an interview, and uh, it was like we were there a few minutes early, and his other interview and a few minutes early, and a lot of times people would kind of like go just be by themselves which i would totally do because i'm an anti-social prick but he came right over to us like hey how you guys doing and just was was super nice so you know that goes a long way in my book yeah yeah uh and that that's the last full story there's a preview of the bad dream a dreamer story ogn by natalie mains and rye hickman 
in here. There's also a very, very nice tribute to Rachel Pollock in here. And there's a great forward by Phil Jimenez that I wanted to mention as well. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Overall, DC is just doing such a good job with, with all these anthologies, but specifically the Pride one every year has just been really, really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, all those little touches are really nice, really well appreciated. Like Rachel Pollock didn't pass all that long ago. So the fact that they were able to like find the time to put this together is 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 great. I'm I'm very glad they that they found the time to honor a very important creator at DC that doesn't get necessarily the um maybe the the discussion that they deserve. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. But this was excellent overall. Um I'm really glad that DC is still doing these. So, Vincey, what comes out next week for us? Next week being 6-6. Six, 6-6. Six? Six, six. Uh, Batman 136, The Flash 800. Ooh, The Flash. That, I know what yeah. we're reading. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel number 11, Poison Ivy number 13, Adventures of Superman, John Kent 4, Sajam. 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 Sajam 2. Um, the Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing 9, Peacemaker Tries Hard number 2. Steelworks number one. We're also reading that, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Uh, the Joker Uncovered, which I think is just like that Harley Quinn yes. covers anthology. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's a Scooby Doo book. I don't usually read that, but if you know, the swanks, Scoob. Someone's got to do James Austin. It, Minnesota Scoob. <laughs> Somebody has to do a James Austin Johnson. Come on, we're just waiting for it. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. Call the show Velma. It's what right. he doesn't do. <laughs> well, if you have to get in touch with us, two-thirds of us are on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an app. And I am at The Wolf of Z. If you find Vince, he is uh, telling all of you to listen up, sea monkeys. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. Calling you a mailbox head. <laughs> hey, hey, Vince, how do we differentiate between the two Debbies? Oh, uh... Good night, folks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that one <laughs> You guys are going to have to carry uh, this show tonight. Oh, damn. I was going to say that. I'm feeling pretty low oh. energy, Jeb, tonight. I, I, I told you, Vince. I've been shitting my brains out all day. You, I, I, you guys carry the show. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is going to be bad.